0: the story.
1: Then came the time when uh, Jonathan was very interested to marry me and and uh, the Lord showed us that we were going to get married, but the hurdle was my father, because as much as he's a prominent lawyer, he did not like <laughs> any male around his daughter.
0: Today I'm Jimmy Colfax, welcome to The Story Well today we have part 3 of our conversation with human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma Who's been sharing her life journey and how she became a Christian after growing up in an Islamic family As we heard previously, Sabrina faced challenges in her relationship with her domineering Muslim father in Fiji Her father was hoping that Sabrina would keep a low profile and not be outspoken about her faith in Jesus, especially after he allowed her to come to work at his well-respected law firm. But as we heard last time... Events transpired that brought much attention to her faith and suddenly newspapers throughout Fiji and other parts of the world were calling and wanting her to share about the miraculous way God used her to rescue a young lady who was being beaten by her partner. Now we'll hear what happened next in Sabrina's story as she continues her chat with Eric Scatterbo. And once again, we want to remind parents that some adult themes will be mentioned in today's program.
1: A few days later, the um, the Fiji's son mm-hmm. contacted me and said, we've heard about this incident. A couple of people have contacted us. We need to speak with you.
2: Yeah, I'd imagine that story would start going around about the, the lady in high heels stopping somebody who's beating <laughs> on their partner.
1: Yes, it, it did because once it was published in the paper, it wasn't published just once. It was published twice due to public demand of getting to know more about the story and what Jesus had done in that situation, what God Mm. had done to intervene. Mm. And then the fact was my father had asked me always to keep my, my faith profile very low.
2: Oh well, you, you weren't succeeding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. That's the thing about being a Christian, where we're called to be bold in our mm. in our faith, and we're and we're called to speak up about Christ. And uh, so, yes, <laughs> God's plans to keep a low profile. No, that didn't that didn't align with my dad's plans.
2: Yeah. So, what did your dad think about what you did?
1: Well, when this surfaced in the papers, he did ask for a meeting with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he had uh, <laughs> he had a, a Muslim Imam in the in the office who offered to to pray for me because they mm-hmm. believed I had been uh, possessed. Hence, why I had come to Christ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and um, when I uh, funny story though, when I had um, when I was asked to come and meet this uh, Imam, um, I was asked to wear a veil before I presented myself uh, before him. And mm-hmm. when I said to Dad, I don't have a veil in the office. I've got my high court wig but I don't have my veil. So um, I was kind of stuck and he said, you'll find a way and you've got five minutes. And I don't know if you know much about Fijian culture, but um, Mm -hmm. dad keeps some kava in his office. And so when they make kava, the traditional Fijian kava, they drain it through what's known as a grog cloth. Mm -hmm. It's a very sheer cloth. Now he had one in the office, which was a fluoro pink cloth. And so one of dad's staff came up to me and said, oh, Ms. Khan, um, we don't have a veil, but we've got the grog cloth. Do, huh. do you want to use this? <laughs> so oh, wow. Oh,
2: well,
1: there you go. Now, that's, that a, that's an
2: alcoholic drink. Is that right? The kava? Uh,
1: not alcoholic, but it does have a very uh, relaxing um, impact, effect on the body. Yes. It okay. just it relaxes you. Yes. Hmm. Um, so I, I believe Australia perhaps has now permitted it i'm not sure at one Mm. time they they were sort of it was on the prohibited list of of things that were able to come into australia Mm. but they may have lifted i'm not sure um but yes it's got a very relaxing um effect you know like if you took um like a valium yes Mm. um it's it's similar to that and so i walked into dad's office with this grog cloth on my head (laughs) (laughs) And, and the imam sort of looking at me and you know we've sat down and um And he said to me, um, you know, we have reason to believe that you're possessed um, because you're going on about this whole Jesus thing. And he said, you know, that worshipping Jesus is idol worshipping. And so um, he asked me to pray. And I said, are you sure you want me to pray? And he said, yes. And he said, I want you to pray loudly as loud as you can. I say. oh, I don't have a problem with that. I was a part of a Pentecostal church and we were quite loud enough. <laughs> <prayers. laughs> so, so I started um, saying the Lord's prayer because initially when we'd migrated to Australia back in the late eighties, I was placed um, in St. Joseph's in Bundaberg. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's prayer was something that we were saying every morning. Mm-hmm. And so that just rolled off my tongue when the Imam was in dad's office. And, and um, I started saying the Lord's prayer really loudly as per his request. Hmm. And um, mid prayer, mid-Islamic prayers, he stopped. He stopped. He stared at me. My father stopped. They're staring at me. I completed my prayer and um, just looked at the both of them, smiled, and he turned to my father and he said, Iqbal, there is no hope for her. She's lost. She is lost forever.
2: Hmm.
1: I said, well, I was, but now I'm found. Hmm. And he, oh, gosh, he was just blazing. Anger was just blazing. And he he went to storm out of his office, and I, I gently took his hand, and I said, my brother, I said, I'm not, really sorry. I did not intend to offend you. I said, but I will say any time you want to know or learn about Christ, I said, please come back. Our doors are always open. I said, because my faith teaches me to love you, to bless you, and to pray for you.
2: Mm.
1: And he he shook his hand out of mine, stormed off. I turned around, looked at my father. I said, I I love you, Dad. And took the grog cloth off, folded it, placed it on one of the chairs, and just slowly walked out. Um, After that day, he did not say a word to me about my faith. He just, I think he just had this this acceptance in his heart that, you know what, I've just, I've just Mm got to let her be. Mm -hmm. And so after that, something amazing happened um the phones were ringing non-stop at the Mm -hmm. office Mm -hmm. and and i'm not just saying within fiji like not just the churches in fiji asking me to come in and share testimony but worldwide i was getting calls from the U.S. people were staying up at two or three in the mornings just to be able to call fiji during business hours i was getting phone calls from churches in new zealand in auckland to be specific uh vanuatu wow Um, there was a call from the uk People just saying we've come across, the you know, Indo-Fijians and indigenous Fijians saying we've come across this article and we, we 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 just want to pray for you on the phone. They were praying for my father. They were praying for my ministry. They wanted to hear more. The mm. phone was ringing nonstop. stop. Yeah. And it was just very overwhelming for me because I, I hadn't obviously known about any of this or prepared for it. Mm. So I remember going home one day. And I was down on my knees in prayer and I said, Lord, I really need your help here. I said, I'm getting invitations to speak at all of these churches, but what do I know about scripture? I'm not a scholar. Mm -hmm. I only know a bit about this and that. And I said, I'd like to further my knowledge in Christ. I want to grow, but I can't do it on my own. And traveling around Fiji in these provinces and these villages, I said, I would like to have a partner, a husband in my life who would walk this journey with me. Mm -hmm. But here's it got a bit, I I know it's going to sound funny, but at the time it was serious. Okay. I promise you.
2: Okay. All right.
1: (laughs) I said, right. Here are my submissions for the kind of husband I'd like. (laughs) I said, paragraph one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very loyally like.
1: (laughs) Very loyally. And he must be thinking, wow, this is a piece of my work. (laughs) I said, look, paragraph one, um, he needs to be well conversed in the English language, please. Now, I don't have any problems with people who cannot speak English. It's not about that. But living on a day-to-day basis, I prefer to be with someone who could converse with me in English so that we could learn scripture together Mm -hmm. and
2: understand what we're
1: sharing. Mm -hmm. The second point I asked God for was, can you please see that he has a strong scriptural background? And by that, I mean, you know, he's, he's done a lot of Bible study classes. He's been a real church goer for a very long time. He is close to you, God. I don't want, you know, Um, someone who's in and out of Christianity. We all suffer from sometimes having doubts about our faith and things, you know, when the devil's having his campaign. Hmm. But I want someone who's strong, strong in his faith, someone I can encourage and someone who can encourage me. And the third thing I asked for was, um, can you please give him a really great sense of humor so we can just be silly together all the
2: time? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: You know, I was a bit of a prankster growing up. So I said, well, play Pranks on each other, Lord, um, you know, but he's he's got to just have a lighter side of life.
2: Wow, you had this all in your mind, huh?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. That was paragraph 3.1. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, how did God point, do? <laughs> well, the, my closing submissions were, and I did laugh like when I said <laughs> this, I said, Lord, okay, here's the thing. I said, just so I know, you've got a sense of humor. I said, how about this? Wouldn't it be amazing if he was from England as well? Oh, and I just, I just threw that out there. I thought, wow, you know, something in common, and it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It was very lighthearted, but I just threw that in there. I had a bit of a chuckle, and then I went to bed. Now, six days after I prayed, I had a phone call with some of the pastors at the Namoli AOG Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discussed organizing a ladies' conference. christian ladies conference and on the seventh day they said um sabrina we're going to meet you at tapu's at the cafe upstairs on the very top floor so i went to meet them there Um, there were about four or five of us pastors and we sat there talking about this women's conference and how we can get more of the women involved and come out and we can discuss all the women's issues and challenges and how to grow in christ Mm -hmm. and lo and behold that is where My now husband happened to walk into the cafe and he was introduced to me by one of the pastors there.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, once again, human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma is sharing her life journey. We just heard how Sabrina met her future husband in Fiji and how he ticked all of her boxes But how is her strict, protective Muslim father going to react when he finds out his only daughter is engaged to a Christian pastor? We'll find out as Sabrina shares more of her story when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma, who's sharing her life journey. As we heard before the break, Sabrina's living in Fiji and has just met her future husband Jonathan, who's a pastor. Now we'll find out what happens next and how her domineering Muslim father reacts to hearing this news. Once again, Sabrina is chatting with Eric Scatabo and sharing about her new relationship.
2: So you asked him if he was from the UK?
1: No, actually, he was invited to. <laughs> he was invited to. I didn't know at the time about where we would head up. I just thought, oh, okay, this is just another pasta of the uh-huh. area. He ordered yeah. his sandwich. He sat down in front of me, and and then I picked up the accent and I said, oh, you know, um, where are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from uh, Leicestershire in in uh, in the UK, and um, and I said, oh, well, I was born in Hampstead, London. And then I had to pop out. I had an engagement to go to, so I excused myself and left. But Jonathan and I got in touch because he was helping me get some of the ladies from his church to attend the conference that I was having at the other church. Mm-hmm. So after that, we sort of just kept in touch. And um, I found out that he'd been teaching at the Bible College for mm. over 20 years. Well,
2: it sounds like he's ticking the boxes.
1: Yes, absolutely. and. <laughs> <laughs> And then came the time when uh, Jonathan uh, was very interested to marry me and and, uh, the Lord showed us that we were going to get married, but the hurdle was my father Mm -hmm. because as much as he's a prominent lawyer, um, he did not like (laughs) any male around his daughter. Hmm. Um, I don't know most dads who do like. Well, I think that's a common thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, and I think this was a cultural thing, but there were there were a lot of um Indo-Fijian men dropping off their CVs into the firm for marriage proposals for me. Oh, really? And yes, and so oh, dad was furious. He would, you know, by the time the C V would come to him, he'd dash out going, I'm going to break your legs and I'm going to do this. You come back here. And he was just livid. So imagine. Oh, he didn't want
2: anybody showing interest no, in his daughter. No,
1: no. He, um, yeah, he he was quite vocal about, um, even if we'd attend a court together, we mm-hmm. conducted a, a few cases together. Mm-hmm. Um, if a, a male client or a male lawyer came up to speak to me, he'd sort of just come straight up, put his arm around me and glare at them. And I thought, <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> Very <dad."> protective. <laughs> I know, but I thought, I'm networking here, you know, (laughs) you don't have to do this. Um, But no, he didn't have a bar of it. So by the time Jonathan and I wanted to get married, I thought, oh boy, this is not going to go down too well at Mm. all. Yeah. So I spoke to a friend of his and I said, this is the situation, what do we do? And it's one of his closest friends there. So his close friend to me said, Sabrina, I would not go and see your father about this. On your own, if I were you, because I have no doubts in my mind, your father would hurt him. Oh! So I said, "All right, what do I do? Because he he's going to have to accept somebody in my life."
2: Yeah. And yeah, how so, is your uh, future husband feeling about this? I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he his his intentions were noble. He really wanted to go see my yeah, father. Yeah, but he still and, wants to live. <laughs> and, and, yes, exactly. <laughs> Catch twenty-two. So. Right? Yeah.
2: I want to marry you, but I do want to live.
1: <laughs> How do we do this? Yeah. So his, his best friend said, right, we're going to have to consult with his other friends. So dad has a set of five friends he meets with regularly. And they bounce ideas off each other. They talk about life and their problems and things. And I'm glad he's got this strong network around him. Mm-hmm. So this friend of his happened to be a pundit uh, who's a Hindu priest. And so pundit said, I'm going to go meet with his other friends.
2: Well, wait, what is a pundit?
1: Uh, a, a Hindu priest.
2: Oh, okay. That's a word for a, a Hindu priest. Yes. It's called a pundit. Okay. I, I was pundit, thinking about yes. uh, a political commentator, a pundit.
1: <laughs> no, no. no, pundit. Uh, P-A-N-D-I-T. Oh, okay. So he went and met with dad's uh, four other friends. And they, I think they met for an hour or so. And then they all hatched a plan because dad was very hard to meet with in the office. So One of them rang dad and he said, we have to meet you in the office. We need an appointment and it's something very important. So my father said, right, you can come to see me around my lunch hour. And so all five of them hopped into a car, went into my dad's office, locked his doors. They pretty much (laughs) barricaded his doors so that no one could come in and he could not leave and just run from the conversation if he Mm -hmm. wanted to. Yeah. And he had a friend sitting beside him, a friend sitting on the other side, and the rest of them right in front of him. And they spoke to him about me, and they Mm -hmm. spoke to him about Jonathan. And one of them happened to know of Jonathan's works because Jonathan's also a a prominent uh, minister and lecturer of the Bible in Fiji. I mean, he's an invited guest speaker all over the world. Mm -hmm. He's trained pastors. Mm -hmm. So he's well-known, and they sat there speaking to my father about this person. And my father was very, very quiet. They they relayed this conversation to me and they specifically asked me not to be there mm-hmm. because they didn't know they how wanted my father you to live. respond. <laughs> 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 yes, that's a valid point. <laughs> so they relayed this conversation to me afterwards. What had happened was after they had this conversation, my father stood up and he said, I need to get to the courthouse in Bar, which is about, um, Bar is about 45 minutes away from a talker mm-hmm. and he asked Pundit, he said, I need you to come along with me. So he hopped into the car, took Pundit with him, drove all the way to Bar in silence, not a word. When he got to Bar, away from a lot of people who'd recognize him or who would come up and speak to him, they were sort of in an isolated space. He turned to Pundit and he said, do you really believe this man will look after and take care of my daughter. Hmm. And Pandit said, yes, because I have known this man and I have seen him over the last few decades. Hmm. Pandit said it's the first time in his life, in all their years of friendship, that he saw my father cry.
2: Hmm.
1: There's this, you know, tough man who's Hmm. always got his Hmm. black sunglasses around, walks around with bodyguards and Hmm. whatnot. And here he is crying in Hmm. the car with pundit about this man who's now going to look after his daughter. And he said, all right, he said, you can let Sabrina know that I'm going to be seeing her very soon. So a short time, a couple of days later, he called me into his office. I walked in. I just looked at his face and I just kept saying, you know, I love you, daddy. Nothing's going to change that. And he said, I know. He said, I'm happy if you want to go ahead with this. And I thought, what? Wow. <laughs> I said, um, Dad, he's a he's a church minister, a Bible college lecturer, <laughs> Christian.
2: He, he's ticking your boxes, but not his. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly, and my father said, if he's going to look after you, and if you're happy, I'm giving you my consent. I mean, mm-hmm. look, not that I needed his consent, but I'd I'd love his blessings. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and he he did ask me. He said, "Would you have gone ahead with this if I had said no?" I said. I said, Dad, uh, God has given me his go-ahead. So, yes, I would go ahead. However, I'd go ahead happily with your blessings. Mm. And he appreciated that. So his only only contingency was that he said, I can't walk you down the aisle because that in my faith is not acceptable. He Mm. said, but I will be there at your wedding. I will be beside you. Mm. And I said, you know what? that is more than I would have expected. Hmm. Um, So the people who walked me down the aisle were my spiritual parents. So they were um, Pastor Raymond Morty and Nadira, his wife, Nadira Morty. Mm -hmm. They were in my life when I was just um, uh, a four-year-old in in Fiji. We'd lived on the same street. He was a radio person as well in Fiji, Mm -hmm. and she was an actress. And um, years later, we'd connected in Fiji through their church. So they happened to to walk me down the aisle as I married Reverend Jonathan Sharma. <laughs>
0: That was part three of Eric Scatterbo's conversation with human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma. Sabrina is the author of the book Jesus in Syria Lane, which tells how she helped save the life of a young lady in Fiji in an extremely abusive situation. Sabrina has gone on to help numerous survivors of domestic violence. If you'd like to contact her, her email address is Sabrina Sharma at mail.com. Once again, that's Sabrina Sharma. At mail.com. Finally, it was good to hear how Sabrina's protective Muslim father softened his heart towards her fiance Jonathan after many of his friends from various faith backgrounds testified to Jonathan's character and his good standing in the community as a Christian pastor. Sabrina's father was reassured that Jonathan would take good care of his daughter, and that has certainly been the case. As a matter of fact, Sabrina's father has also changed in his relationship with her. As we've heard, Sabrina shared that at one point he was barely talking to her because she had become a Christian. However, in an article in the Fiji Times, he is now quoted as saying the following... 42 years ago, I began my legal career in London with my precious baby daughter in my arms. Over the past four decades, I have achieved many milestones in my life, but being her father is by far my greatest achievement yet. She's become a champion of grace, compassion and hard work. I could not be more proud of her. So it's great to hear about that relationship and how it's improved immensely. Also, Sabrina's father has many reasons to be proud for her contribution to Fijian society. Sabrina has been awarded a medal of the Order of Fiji and she also received the United Kingdom's Lead 5050 award for International Champion of the Year in 2021. Well, thanks so much for joining us for part 3 of Sabrina's story. We invite you to join us again next time for part four. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
1: I give God the glory and I praise God for going through those difficult times because if I hadn't, I would not perhaps been able to engage in the ministry or fully appreciate the ministry that he's giving me in my life now and to be able to work with the women at the level that I have been able to. I mean, we've been able to work with the women in Fiji, help them off the streets, the domestic violence survivors.
0: Human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma joins us once again to share the next chapter in her life after she married a pastor and moved back to Australia from Fiji. Also, Sabrina will tell us how the Lord has used her to help numerous survivors of domestic violence. That's all coming up next time. The Story, just another way vision is helping you look to God daily.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.